everybody. You want to make sure everybody has uh, their say? Yep. I think you Nick just... should just be a little less Nick. <laughs> What's that supposed to mean, Chris? You know what? I'm just going to leave it at that. <laughs> I'm going to finish my pizza real quick, too. I thought I was particularly informative this evening. Well, then someone needs to inform me on the spirit hat. <laughs> it's, oh. his pri- it's his prized possession. It's- Until he gets Star Wars for the connect. Yeah. Then that'll okay. become his prized possession. Yeah, he'll play it once and get hooked. You know what? I got still got my foxtail sitting in my drawer. I'm taking that, too. I have that somewhere. Oh, no, wait. I get it out of... Wait, what? Wait. No, Alicia has it. Never mind. Oh, man. How? I think she has mine. You know what? Someone actually came in the Best Buy wearing that thing. On, um... The hot model gave it to us. I, I want to say it was for Mass Effect 3, the release day. The really hot model gave it to us. I'm trying to remember which one. Uh, was that Asian Girl? Well, that's... Well, really, yeah, really hot is slightly different from my really hot. <laughs> Asians are hot, but not really hot. That depends on what Asian you're talking about. <laughs> um, Be more descriptive, man. You're just saying it was a hot Asian. Well, I mean, half the girls there were Asian. Well, yeah, you're right. That's not really particularly... I, I think I have a picture of her. Wait, are you talking about the the girl that wanted to party with you or something? It was yeah. a different girl. No, I, get, I, think, I think it was her. I got a picture of both of them. No, the t- oh wait, it was that because she went and held them for us. Yeah, and then she remember. she wore my spirit hat. Yeah, her and her friends. Honestly, I was more attracted to her friends. <laughs> uh, but okay. I couldn't say anything because my because Alicia was there. You're not recording, are you? Uh, Gerald's <laughs> not using any of this. So. I don't use any of it. No, so, no, and this better not end up any bloopers either. Podcast episode twenty three. <laughs> we uh, got myself, Nick, Gerald, Chris, and our brand new member Jamie on the air tonight. It's another beautiful day in paradise. <laughs> Chris, dude, where's your intro? What's up, world? There we go. <laughs> Jamie, we still got to work on one for you. A catchphrase catchphrase. Insert here. Oh, there we go. Ah, see, he came prepared. There we go. <laughs> well, guys, um, how's everybody doing tonight? 
um, alive. Um, I guess that's probably the best way to say it. No, I'm just kidding. Actually, it's been a busy day, uh, especially if you're a sports fan. Uh, NBA trading deadline, NCAA tournament, Peyton Manning is going all over the country, being flying around in private jets. Uh, you know, I'm in the wrong. I'm in the wrong lane business. <laughs> um, well, I guess we'll start things off tonight with Mass Effect. Well, since... Gerald, before we start with Mass Effect, would you <laughs> rather have unlimited video games or a jet plane? <laughs> oh, now I got you. Is it a Concorde? Um, yeah, we'll, we'll do that. We'll do Concorde. I could, I could sell off that Concorde to make a ton of cash, you know. But I'd have to go as a true gamer. I'd have to go the unlimited video games. There you go. As long as you can still trade them in. Of course. Uh, you know there what? You go. We'll, we'll do it. You get them for free. Every new game that comes out of your choice. So that way, if you want to get multiples of uh, Connect Star Wars for Nick, and send them one each day of the week for the next year. Oh, you guys misconnect Star Wars, I'm telling you. Every Connect title. Yes. Every Connect title. That, Connectables, like, three. Well, no, wait. no, 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 Chris. No, oh, no, no. Please. We have to start with We Cheer. Oh, We Cheer. <laughs> oh, we're missing that. And you then know, We Cheer again. You, don't tell me you're, if you buy that, man, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hunt you down. <laughs> But Jamie's gonna hey, hey guys, Jamie's gonna leave the recording in a studio soon, you know, we're just gonna have to try and stay on track. Well exactly. I'm just gonna be okay. greedy and go for the Concord full of unlimited video games. So you know I'll be fine. There we go. Touche. Touche. I don't think it's safe to play Connect up there, but you know I just won't take Nick. There you go. <laughs> Not safe to be with Nick anywhere, especially give, in him, give give him a parachute. <laughs> All right. Why so am I always the with... outcast? I'm the one hosting this. <laughs> All right. Well, then Angry, Angry Nick is unleashed. <laughs> unleashed. Hey, that that should be the title we put under the next picture on, on my page. Unleashed. There you go. Angry Nick unleashed. That's the new name of your column. There you go. <laughs> hey, you know what? I I was thinking of that when I was sitting in class. That uh, that uh, that PS um, that people uh, <laughs> Vida La Loca. No. Oh, in class? You mean your your third grade spelling class? Or? Yes. Okay. They sent me back. Mass Effect 3, finally. Uh-huh. Mass Effect 3 sells 890,000 copies in 24 hours. That's right, folks. I said 24 hours. Well, that How wasn't even big? a million. What? Not even a million. That's no. nothing. I'm sorry it's not like Gears of War, okay? Yeah. I mean, for this time of the year, that is great numbers, you know, um, and obviously that's that's substantially more than any other uh, title in the series. So it is actually, with, according to EA, um, a great hit for them, and uh, I've, I'm very happy for Mass Effect and all the Mass Effect fans out there, which I am one of. Well, I guess I guess the question is, is that you know how big is that for Mass Effect, and is that going to lead to? You know, what is that going to lead to in the Mass Effect universe? And here's another question for you. Do you think with these sales and concurring sales thereafter, do you think a Mass Effect 4 is impossible production? Silence. (laughs) (laughs) 
I'm not sure about a Mass Effect 4. I want to say they might take it in a different direction, maybe a Mass Effect spinoff. Mm. Do you think they'll keep Shepard? Well, I guess it depends on the, the ending you get from Mass Effect 3, but do you think they'll kind of take the Shepard storyline to a different type of series? Do you think it'll be named Mass Effect still in some manner or form? I do think it's going to be Mass Effect. I'm just not sure if it's going to go for Gerald? Chris? Somebody? Go ahead, Chris. I'll let you start. Well, with Mass Effect, I mean, with it having so many endings, I can see them going on to the number four. Because even in number two, you could have something that makes no sense yet continue over to number three. And then... Uh, number three, I mean, with whichever ending you also get, you could easily have someone make that carry over to number four. Um, if EA and Bioware are smart, I think they're going to milk it and they're going to go for a fourth one just because just because they can. I mean, uh, all these other companies are going past three. Why, nothing has to stop at three anymore. And Final Fantasy is one of them that should have. But uh, hey, hey, like, watch it. <laughs> <laughs> Other games like uh, Fallout, which are now going into four, uh, I think these ones are, and they're doing extremely well that way. I on I just think that uh, if EA and Bioware were smart, they're going to continue it because all the Mass Effect fans plus the the newcomers for the game are going to be extremely uh, psyched about this one. I think four. I think a four would sell. Yes, very much. I mean, if each one is sold progressively more and more in the first 24 hours than the previous, then I can see the next one possibly even reaching a 1 million mark. Uh, I'm just, like I said uh, I, earlier, Mass Effect 3 for me was it was a great game. It's a big hit, and it's obviously going to be uh, one of the leading contenders to Game of the Year. Um, I'm going to go in a little bit different direction. Say there is going to probably be some type of ma- something in the Mass Effect universe, um, just like what uh, just like what Jamie said. But I really want to say that it's going to probably be another trilogy. It's going to be a circle. It's going to be another arc, story arc of some type that's going to lead to another three games. So, are you, are you kind of similar to what Naughty Dog's doing? <sighs> kind of. Kind of. I mean, I mean, Uncharted Four is actually going to be different because I think that's just a continuous storyline. Um, as far, I mean, there's continuous themes, but they're actually based in different worlds and different settings. But the characters, their their stories are, are remain constant. Uh, Mass Effect's a little bit different about because uh, it's just one. It was just one big story arc, and the characters are not bigger than the storyline, and they were contained within the storyline. I think. Um, I, I'm not sure if Shepard's going to be be involved in it. Um, I just think there is going to be a Mass Effect four, five, and six. I just uh, I have a tendency to agree with what Jamie's saying that it'll probably be in the Mass Effect universe, but it probably won't have Shepard in it. Mass Effect four, Spawn of Shepard. Choose <laughs> <laughs> uh, your destiny. Um, so yeah. So yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I was gonna thought I was gonna have a an additional thought on that, but I guess not. Do Mike, you have any additional thoughts? Period. <laughs> I do have additional thoughts. Moving on to topic number two. 
Microsoft doubles XBLA achievement scores from 200 to 400. Does this entice you gamers to play more downloadable titles? It does to me, actually. I mean, I've never been big into arcade games unless they have South Park or a specific name that I really like in there. But uh, I think that I'll probably buy more if I can get more gamer score. Maybe it's just because I'm, I'm one of those gamer score hordes that just wants to get as much as I can and then uh, show it off to everybody. But I agree. Uh, I think it will appeal to a broader audience. To me... Uh, I still think it's going to be based off the, the type of game, a downloadable game that I'm interested in. Um, I can't, I can't just go and shill money out for um, junk like I'm Alive. Um, it has to be quality titles, but I know for a lot of individuals, it is going to be more enticing with that bump up in score. I have to agree with you guys all the way around on that because you know, as Chris said, you get the people that, oh wow, I can get more. You always want more. You know, whether it be achievement points, trophies, you always want more. You want it. How can I get more? Where do I get more? Well, I also, um, I heard PSN, PlayStation Network, say they're not going to follow suit with any type of bonus system for their trophies uh, for downloadable games. And I think that's a mistake. Um, it's okay in certain situations to copy someone else's idea. Um, and I think this case, it should have been copied, but unfortunately, uh, they're not going to follow suit, and I think their sales are going to suffer for it in the long run. So, I mean, here's an idea. Whether Microsoft or Sony wanted to do this, obviously Sony kind of uh, mimicked the trophy system of X Xboxes, or, or Microsoft, rather. Uh, Microsoft's achievement system with their trophy system. Um, do you think it would be more productive, more... Um, financially sound if Sony or Microsoft were to implement a system where, let's say, for instance, you ranked up to like 10,000 achievement points, and you could cash those points in for swag or for games, kind of like the Microsoft Expert Zone and the Sony's retail loyalty site do for trains. Do you think that would be, that would incentivize more consumers to buy games, to, to play them more, to get more achievements? I think that's an excellent suggestion, and uh, I, my answer to, to that would be yes, I think it would be, because, you know, gamers uh, are into a lot of video game-themed items and also swag, what have you, um, and I think that would be a great way to, to get more business, ultimately, in the long run, but uh, I again, that's, they've got so many different publishers and things of that nature to appease uh, in order to make that happen, it would be kind of difficult to coordinate that kind of effort. Yeah, I mean, you know, just something to... Well, no, I, 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 I kind of I think don't it's a good think, idea, though. I, I actually don't think that they should. Uh, with Gamerscore, when I first started playing Xbox, uh, or Xbox 360, like seven years, six, seven years ago, and the... I saw that gamer score. I thought that was your Microsoft points. I thought they were one and the same, or you could use them for something. And at the time, I thought it was. I was kind of bummed that it wasn't. Now that I've been playing, though, I don't think. I don't think you should be able to spend gamer score. I think that's just there for Sorry a record, that. for an achievement. Because uh, I mean, if you create multiple profiles, yeah, yeah, 
Well, just going on about what I was kind of saying about the gamer score for any for any games, uh, I kind of find it a bad idea because if someone is going to use the same few games on multiple profiles and keep getting a thousand gamer score on this, a thousand gamer score on this, um, and let's say they add up to ten thousand and they do it on five different profiles, then that's basically fifty thousand points uh, they have to spend for whatever they need to spend it on. Because well, I would just play, I would just play Avatar: The Burning uh, Earth. Um, exactly. But I mean, there there would have to be, there obviously would have to be certain implication. <laughs> what am I trying to say here? There, there yeah. would obviously have to be certain criteria in place to inhibit people from abusing the system, of course, just like anything else. But I think it would, again, give people greater incentive to want to basically play the crap more out of the games they have to get the achievement points. But if they don't even, even if they didn't do it as like a cash-in system, they could do it as if, you know, if you hit like 10,000 points, or I know that's probably very unrealistic, but if you hit 10,000 points, you know, Microsoft, like, will send you some swag. You might get like a Microsoft lanyard and a, and a polo or something, you know, I mean, just something to kind of go, or, you know, if, you, if you're really a hardcore gamer and you hit like 20,000 20, achievement points, maybe Microsoft will give you like, will comp you for six months of uh, Xbox Live or something. You know? Okay, I really want those now because those are very lenient, and I would have hit those like five years ago. So, um, but honestly, I think those are still a little bit. I mean, if anything, they're not going to give away hundreds of thousands of dollars in in uh, in Xbox Live cards or in shirts or anything like that. I think the best thing they would give you is like props, like digital content, avatars, items. Uh, Maybe like 400 Microsoft points or something like that, or 240 Microsoft points. Stuff that they're really not going to give a crap about. Or yeah, you're. Give a care yeah, about. You're right. You know what? The, and and that's a good point too, because I mean, you're right. If they were to give you like maybe 400 Microsoft points, they would be keeping the money in house. So you'd yeah. really only be getting content that you something that you wouldn't normally be able to get unless you went out and bought points yourself. So yeah, I mean, but even that, you know, you have to agree would be a, you know, might be a good. Good impact for the uh, gaming community. Yeah, true. So, but uh, you know, just throwing that idea out there. Um, food for thought. Food for thought. Jamie, um, what are you, Jamie? What are your thoughts? Well, I agree with Chris. I mean, it would be exploited. There's, it's with anything. Definitely, anybody would find a way to exploit it. But I also agree with Nick's last point, where it could be like a revolving door, like that. You know, keep it in house, and you're really not going to lose anything because you're. You're keeping it right there. You're not really gaining anything, and you're not losing anything either. Exactly. I mean, and it's only digital content. I mean, again, just that. They're keeping it in-house. It would be really just be more uh, more productive for them. So, but anyway, we're going to move on to GDC, uh, the Game Developers Conference uh, in San Francisco. Gerald, I thought that was supposed to be in Vegas. No, that was DICE. Oh, that was DICE. Sorry, I'm getting too mixed up. Um, GDC in San Francisco last week, major stories included Medal of Honor, Warfighter debut, Rise of uh, more quality free-to-play games, uh, MechWarrior Online, MechWarrior Tactics, uh, Sins of the Dark Age, things of that that nature, um, Epic's Unreal Engine 4 demo, and Quantum Dreams uh, tech demo of, is it Kara? Kara, yes. Kara, okay. Um, 
where you know we we have a lot of these um, you know conferences such as Dice and GDC, the Electronics Expo, um, CES. You know you have a lot of these trade shows. Where in importance and rank do you think GDC kind of falls in in the video gaming world? Do you think they make a real significant impact, or because of their very, very, very uh, limited number of people that are able to attend that particular trade show, which I don't know if that would technically actually fall into a trade show event, but in comparison to E3 or CES, for instance, what impact do you think that has in the gaming community? To a casual gamer, nothing. That doesn't affect them in any way as long as they can get their game, it's fun, and they can continue playing it, buy the next one, so forth. The only thing this is really going to help out are the people that are looking to make this a career. If they're looking to plan, if they plan on making video games or joining an industry uh, or anything like that, which there's not very many. Uh, when you consider there's probably millions and millions and millions of people that actually want to play games and only thousands that want to make them. There's, that's why there's only a fraction of people that actually go to these where it just talks about how they're made and the developers themselves and what their new engines are going to be, uh, the new stuff they're going to be bringing out. When Plus, also, if you want to get an opportunity in the industry, they actually do on-site interviews uh, more there than exactly. pretty much anywhere else. Yes. Versus E3, where it's more just, uh, here's the newest games. Do you want to try it out? Here's some hot women. And now go home. So, well, well, they also make deals there at E3 between, uh, you know, publishers and, let's say, you know, retailers, you know, on which oh, yeah, games yeah. are going to be uh, our group, their, their best shot uh, during the holiday season. So. Jamie, what do you think? I have to say it, it, it's not real high. Like, you know, like Chris said, casual gamer, they're not going to – as long as they can get the information, whether it comes from GDC, whether it comes from wherever – they're fine. They're content. Um, GDC. I, 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 mean, I wasn't. Oh, I'm sorry. I was oh, interested no, to hear. I was interested to hear about the uh, the free to play models. Uh, really start to become more um, entertaining to the casual or um, actually the gamers who who nor normally pick up a free to play uh, in the past because the free to play options in the past were either limited or just not up to quality standards. And I just to see more that were made, going to be made available in the near future, and that becoming a, a, a business model going forward uh, as for, for many of these MM, uh, MMOs. It's, it's, that, that part of it, I think, was kind of interesting. But uh, back to you, Jim. I'm sorry. No, I mean, now that you went there, I'd, I'd have to go there, too, just because you went there right now. As far as the free-to-play stuff, I think it opens horizons to people to play things they wouldn't normally have played. You know, they look at it, they go, oh, I'm not going to spend the money on that. It's a monthly fee. You know, I'll try it for a trial. Well, now they got free to play, so they're going in, they're playing it in depth, and then they end up going and doing microtransactions, getting a monthly subscription to get more stuff in-game. So it's, I think that's a great strategy for people nowadays. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think in the grand span of things, I pretty much, you know, concur with what, the input you guys have put in uh, is that, I mean, I think GDC in a developer's aspect and a publisher's aspect serves an incredibly important function. However, to the general consumer, to the um, general public, 
you know, in the gaming community, I, I don't know if that's a major, uh, a real major impact. However, you know, to Associated Press, uh, you know, as in IGN and, you know, uh, Game Informer and, um, you know, the other various publishing agencies, I mean, I, again, I think GDC serves an incredibly important function to them. I mean, they thrive off of industry-affiliated news and things of that nature. So, I, I mean, really, when you when you when you talk about rank and placement, that's kind of my opinion. General consumer GDC is probably not particularly significant. Um, I think trade show events such as the Electronics Expo and CES and Dice probably serve. Well, even Dice kind of falls in with GDC, but um, E3 and CES probably serve a, a more significant impact to the you know general general community. Um, you know, and, and I think developer-wise, I think GDC makes an incredible impact. So, again, just my opinion. But anybody else have any uh, anything you'd like to share on that before we go to break? San Francisco is nice this time of year. Yeah. As nice as it is here right now? <laughs> I uh, yeah, that's true. Hey, it, it's getting, uh, the weather's getting up there. It's pretty nice. I'm only a few months away from from uh, E3. Hopefully there it's also going to be very nice. I, I, ho I hope it's a little bit chilly so I can wear the spirit hat. <laughs> Come on, man. Again. You, know, you know I'm going to rock that thing over there. <laughs> yeah. Don't be surprised if, don't be surprised if someone at E3 from that uh, is a diehard PETA supporter doesn't come and knock you upside the head. <laughs> or, or dump a, a bunch of, a bucket of animal blood on you or something. <laughs> oh, man, it would be on. Do you know, it took me two years to get that thing. <laughs> yeah, it did. And and then when you go there, they're going to be like, oh, he's still last year. Oh. And then the, the next big thing will come out. I don't know, spirit boots or something. I don't really know. You know, Chris, do you, just, do you kill kittens for a living, too? No, I mean, actually, do you, no. Do you, you know, do you, just, do you just rob people of any little happiness they have? He he killed your buzz, that's for sure. Yeah. You know what, Chris? Uh, never mind. You know what? Just to make you happy, I'm going to buy you Connect Star Wars. Oh. I'll buy you the Collector's Edition. Don't you dare. I will He's burn that game if I get it. I will install it into your Xbox. That game is not even worthy of being resold on eBay. No, that's why I'll install it on your Xbox. <laughs> so that way you always have it. Gerald has my Xbox. Oh, oh, perfect. Gerald has it. That's even easier. <laughs> oh, man. Guys, we got to go to break. Yeah, I got to take my nap. <laughs> we'll be back with you guys in just, uh, just a little bit. The humanoid must not escape. Alright, welcome back, guys. We want to open up the next segment with the news from the last segment. Obsidian, losing some peeps. <laughs> Fill us in, gentlemen. Basically, uh, Obsidian Entertainment, um, I guess what they're known for, titles such as Dungeon Siege 3, uh, and, of course, Fallout New Vegas uh, recently reported that they have canceled their next-gen uh, their next next-gen title oh, uh, and, no. and, la and laid off 30, uh, 30 individuals. 
No, uh, you know, as far as no title was actually given for the, what the next gen title would have been. You know, I'll just start the rumor right here. You know, it, must, it probably was Alpha Protocol too. You know. Oh, that's just sickening. Yeah, you because know, they want to make they want to make sure it was done right this time because they sure didn't do it before. So. Wait, that was the first one. <laughs> there was the first one, yes. Oh yeah, that's right. It was that one game. You know, one what game. do you what do you think their reaction would be? Standing in the employment line, going, so sir, what you know? What, what was your job? Well, I made video games. <laughs> So does that pay hourly? <laughs> what, what, hurt, what what hurts more on this is the fact that uh, it just came out uh, earlier today. Um, one of the individuals was uh, tweeting uh, that that works there was tweeting that um, they would have gotten a large bonus from Bethesda had uh, Fallout New Vegas um, gotten a Metacritic score of 85 or above. And unfortunately, their Metacritic score for Fallout New Vegas is 84. That's correct. Oh, that's sickening. Mm-hmm. So oh. that might have that might have saved those 30 jobs. So. That's not. Oh man, that's not. I hear Metacritic did it on purpose. But then again, I also heard it from myself. Uh-huh. Yeah. Hey, I would. Just to make someone mad, you have to get a 90 on this test or above to pass. <laughs> 89.5. Well, you know, it's never good to see anyone lose their jobs, but it's just, oh yeah, you know, when you when you the only quality game that you put out, Dungeon Siege three aside, which really didn't sell the well at all, the only quality game that you put out is actually off of an engine from someone else uh, that tells you you're as a company you might have some issues. <laughs> <laughs> so are you saying Blizzard is having issues? No, I was saying Obsidian is having issues. Well, well although this actually Blizzard, it, <laughs> think I of what Blizzard say, did. I mean, they did it what, a couple of weeks ago, the same exact thing to more people, but well, they didn't cancel a game. That's just because they're the world of Warcraft. That's that's another issue entirely. They're just not keeping a product fresh that that they need to keep fresh uh, in WoW, and they're losing. You know, tons of subscribers because of it. What about uh, pandas? Pandas aren't fresh. That speaks for itself. Yeah, exactly. That's a PETA. That's a PETA issue. PETA. <laughs> I mean, uh, it, Obsidian's still going to be finishing up the South Park game that it's under development and should be coming out later. Yeah. I can't wait after that. After that, that's it. Tank. The game's gonna tank. You're gonna tank. <laughs> No, Connect Star Wars is going to tank. It's going to do better than you will. <laughs> I'm just trying to crush all your hopes and dreams. You know, Chris, I don't really want to respond to that. That that, that sounds a little derogatory. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm I'm just saying. Like, I think that sounds like a personnel issue. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take it up with our HR. Hey, you know what? Wait, I am HR. <laughs> Review corner. Moving on. Mass Effect Three. I actually can say. <laughs> Over the last couple podcasts, which I was not able to say, I have played this game. <laughs> Incredible. You know, Gerald, no. <laughs> Mass Effect. That's more incredible than you know. You know, Diablo three finally coming out with a with a May fifteenth uh, release date. <laughs> Do you want to go on your rant about that first? 
No, I just forgot you forgot to add that in the news. Oh, okay. But yeah. it should be it should be on consoles as well. But you know, God forbid. No, no, Blizzard Blizzard doesn't make anything for consoles. Impossible. <laughs> they had actually put they had actually put advertisements out. There was actually in development one time, and they decided to not go through with it. They were like, which is a, which is a mistake on their part. But oh well. They were like, eh, you know. No, no. We could go no, with no, an no, Xbox. Not feeling it. They're like, like they eh. It's like they make the... it. They finish it for the Xbox, and then they go, I don't like it. Throw it away. <laughs> oh, man. Can you imagine what the development team would have been like? They would, they would have been like... WTF. Yeah. This is a leaked game. I mean, they're going to be all WTF. Yeah. So, continuing with our actual reviews, though. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Mass Effect 3. From the short time that I've got to play this game, I think uh, Gerald and I had a discussion earlier um, as he was enlightening me on the uh, various uh, modes of play available for Mass Effect 3, which I think, personally, makes this game um, one of the most unique that, that I think have ever come out. Um, that allows you three playable modes, and and I really like that about the game. I jumped right into the action one because uh, the, I don't I don't I don't like dealing with the storyline. Um, so he doesn't like re- he doesn't like reading everyone. Yeah, I don't like having to look through. Fi- I I don't like having to answer like thirty different questions for one person, and they end up having nothing significant to say at all. It's not that he doesn't like reading; it's that he can't. Remember, he's in like third grade spelling. You know what? It's not my fault. I would rather hear people talk. Let's get Jamie's thoughts first. <laughs> uh, my thoughts. I can't give you any thoughts because I actually do not have Mass Effect 3 yet. I got kind of burned on that one. So, oh. uh, long, long story with a game store that shall not be named. Game up. You can uh, name them. They're going down the Twitter lane, anyway, Jamie. Yeah, see, I'm going to help. I'm pushing the plunger, so it's okay. (laughs) (laughs) I will will tell you that uh, it is the game of the year so far. I gave it a 9.5. Did they really need all the Kinect and the multiplayer add-ins and the Kinect add-ins and the chance to go, you know, choice to go RPG or, or just a shooter that Nick likes? No, but does it really detract from the game? No, not really. It doesn't really enhance it. doesn't really detract it for me. Um, for the multiplayer aspect, you can play it a lot to help you actually build uh, you a better better stats to make it uh, an easier ending or a better ending for you if you want. But you can go at it in the solo campaign um, just the same and not have to go touch the multiplayer if that's your so choice, if that's, your, if that's you so choose. It's an outstanding game. Looks great. Um, just a phenomenal way to end this part of the trilogy. Um, I just uh, thought it was just an outstanding uh, game overall. That's why I gave it a 9.5. It's early contender for game of the year. A couple slight graphical hiccups and uh, some lip-syncing ex- issues when the uh, conversation that, you know, obviously Nick's not going to be able to see. Uh, were the only slight flaws in it, uh, but like I said, it's it's for me, it's right now the the best game of the year so far. 
I am going to have to give it an 8 out of 10. Wow. I, aside from the same the same things that detract from it a little bit, which are, again, are the graphical hiccups, even on the PlayStation 3, which is kind of surprising, um, and sometimes the, yeah, lip-syncing issues and kind of poor acting at times uh, don't majorly detract from the game overall. However... I think there is too much cinematic, too much dialogue. There's still, um, in my opinion, there is still the underlying issue, as with the other two parts of the series, that there is just not enough gameplay action, and there's just too much dialogue. There's too much talking, there's too much cinematic, and... Although you kind of jumped right into the action at the beginning of the game, I noticed as it progressed later on, I was watching 10 to 15 minutes of video. You know, I think I watched out of the hour and a half I played, uh, about 30 minutes of, of it was probably them talking. So I, I really, that's a major flaw for me. I, I mean, I'm an RPG fan, but just, guys, just, just shut up and, like, let's let's just get the job done. <laughs> We can we can talk about how the Reapers need to die for twenty minutes, but still, it's not going to. They're they're, they're not dead now, so let's get let's get to it. So I have to give it an eight out of ten. Sorry, man. I hate you. <laughs> Shit, my shepherd here hates you. <laughs> my six foot tall shepherd uh, standy I've got here. Yeah, he's he'd like to have a word with you after the show's over. <laughs> Hey, Chris, what do you think? With the entire game, uh, I mean, hmm, how do I put this? Nick, you're wrong. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Gerald, yeah, you you basically hit it all on the right nails, and the game is really fun. Um, with those extra features, I just want to add, that the connect and the do they need a action a role playing uh version i I don't think they needed it, however, I think that slightly enhanced the sales without well, those that's, things, that's what it's always about it's just like I said on last week's podcast it's just trying to open up to a broader audience, yeah, you know that and it didn't detract so much that the hardcore mass effect fans would say, "Oh, I'm not going to buy it now so exactly because I mean even with the game with the connect features, I have to admit I only used it maybe three times throughout the entire thing, and I was like, "Dang, that stinks i I can't believe I actually well, I had everything hot keyed, so I'd push like y or I'd press something, and it'd just do it right away but uh it's just a cash grab. Now, mind yeah. you, I'd like that kind of cash grab. And if I was designing a game and Microsoft came knocking on the door, hold on. There's Microsoft Bill Gates right now saying, can you add this into your potentially great game? I would say, of course, for a Concord. <laughs> Full of video games. No, no. Full of unlimited video games. There you go. Well, that would actually, you know... I don't know, that'd be kind of difficult, because then you couldn't get off the ground if you're just, like, full of video games. A Concord could. Maybe not a Delta, but a Concord definitely could. With a bunch of good-looking girls. And dead silence. Back to back to Effect <laughs> 3. You know... Uh, 
Basically, Nick, we know what we're talking about because we actually reviewed the game. You've actually just, you know, tried to hit the blue button for the go through the uh, the cutscenes, and we know what we're talking about. You don't. Unit thirteen. <laughs> <laughs> Who's got unit thirteen? Unit thirteen. Um, I gotta give this one. Oof. It's a little rough right now because it's the first shooter on the Vita. So, you know, of course, what are you going to do? You're going to look at it and go, oh, it's a shooter. And then you're going to look at it and find everything wrong with it, which would be the online co-op. It has an online co-op option. Why? I don't know. Again, No one is playing just, it. It's probably just another gimmick. You know, it's just right. uh, to try and enhance that option and make it more attractive to when you're trying uh, Sony to try and sell the Vita. Good job, Sony. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of a drop of the ball, in my opinion, because no one's ever there. You go in there, it just sits there. It goes, hey, guess what? You're the only one playing. And I guess I am. Is that a bad point on me? I don't know, maybe. I mean, I personally like the developers. Zipper, they make a good game on occasion. SOCOM, it, it falls like a SOCOM. This game just falls to me like a SOCOM. I like it. It's in the palm of your hand. You could be anywhere with it. You're looking at the screen going, am I sitting in my living room still, or am I taking this with me? It's not looking at it going, wow, this sucks. Yeah, but it also tries to be a Call of Duty uh, ripoff with the Irish guy, uh, the Scot or is it the Scottish guy talking to you. Scottish though, you know? guy, yeah. Yeah, it's like, okay, where did they get that from? Hmm. Right. Hmm, let me think. Exactly. exactly. There's a lot of rip-offness in it, but being that it's the first one out the gate, I mean, it's there. It's playable. Is it the best thing there? No. Is it the best thing that's going to be on there? I don't think so at all. It's definitely something to pick up and play. Because right now, like I said, it's the only shooter there. So if you want to try a shooter, there's where it's at. But, I mean, once you get into the Call of Duties and everything else, once they hit, I honestly think that Unit 13 may be an afterthought. Oh, absolutely. Great, Scott! Look at the size of the missile! <laughs> It's just, you know, all, all they had to do was just get in a ghillie outfit, and there you go. All right. Into the chicken dance. Street Fighter Cross Tekken. Ah, you like that transition? Chicken dance to Street Fighter. No, no. No likey. You know what? Shut up and do your review, Chris. <laughs> okay. Well, get back. And relax because this is going to be amazing. Oh man! <laughs> so, okay, it's not really going to be that amazing. But Street Fighter Cross Tekken is obviously, if you don't even know, there are two big fighting games combined into one that just collide for a very massive titan of a game, and. I mean, with Street Fighter being one of the oldest uh, fighting games out in the world, um, and then Tekken as well being one of the most story-driven games or fighting games in the world, both of these have a very big audience for fighters uh, over anything. And the game was actually put together very well for, I mean, two completely different styles of fighting, with Street Fighter being two-dimensional and Tekken being three-dimensional. Um, obviously everything is using Street Fighter mechanics right now, so if you've played Street Fighter, it's going to be very, very much the same. 
if you are a Tekken fan, however, I feel that it's going to get you more inclined to play Street Fighter and all the, uh, all the other types of games like that, and basically prove that Tekken characters are stronger and better than Street Fighter characters, which is, I think, the main goal they try to get in there. Kind of like with Marvel vs. Capcom, with every other versus game uh, that's out there. But with Street Fighter Cross Tekken, they've added in a bunch of new things, which make it kind of fun. Uh, they added in a tag team feature, two versus two, so that way you can fight with another person. However, when the first person falls, that's KO. You don't get your second person to come in to fight for you. So, a little downside there, but uh, this also does make opportunity for much better combos, for better uh, character selection, and I think it's honestly really good. makes it kind of, I guess, the best of all of these different games. Um, other things, of course, now that they have a couple extra characters from, uh, from Tekken, as well as just random characters like Mega Man and Pac-Man on the PS3, those are little fun ways to get into it. I know, like, Soul Calibur did Yoda and Vader. So, these things are just a little bit uh, more... Eh, let's throw them in and see what they can do. Uh, other things they keep adding in are, like, gems. These gems are just boosts or enhancements that allow you to get, get better offense or defense, depending on what happens to you throughout the game. So, and some people might call them cheap, and I think they are a little bit cheap, because you could be down and it's almost lose and get a, a gem activated that allows you to regain your health like 30% and now you're back up and you win because of it. So they kind of give it a little bit more of a, I don't know how to explain it, but a little bit more of an advantage towards uh, those people that don't deserve it, I guess. <laughs> but the game itself is, is very well made. I think the mechanics of it are just very fluent. And especially for a fighting game, most most people that didn't like Street Fighter thought it was just a little slow, and they made it a little bit faster paced. Uh, I think it's just perfect type of fighting game that they have out there right now. Uh, of course, the character selection is slightly low. Uh, I would oh, like yeah, to see don't, more. Don't uh, don't even get me started on that. <laughs> well, I know that uh, on the disc, this is being oh, confirmed. Yeah. There are. 12 characters that no one can play as unless you hack your game, of course. But Or pay, or pay for the DLC, which well, is on the disc. Well, the DLC is not out yet, so... Uh, but when this DLC becomes available to purchase and it unlocks your disc for you, then I can see some very good characters coming into this. I know that there's a bunch from Street Fighter that people are waiting for, uh, as well as Tekken. Uh, I know that some of my favorite characters from Tekken are not on there, and I'm very upset about it. But hopefully they'll be able to uh, unleash these soon, and then we'll be able to play it a lot better. Okay, so I gave it an 8.5, right? I thought the game was very fast, fluid. Um, for someone who's not as good at fighting games as others are, I, I think the gem systems, yes, it is a little cheap, but it does help me personally. Um, but I would give the score a negative eight eighty five by having DLC on discs. <laughs> but I just think that is just wrong on so many levels. Yeah, I mean, you, but you've already purchased, you've already paid sixty dollars for that 70. disc. Seventy for, for that collectors. disc <laughs> for collectors. 
and you still have to pay more money to unlock everything on the disc. Hey, well, at least they're not pulling a Marvel vs. Capcom, and they're creating a brand new game where you have to buy the new characters. <laughs> so, honestly, I think it wasn't the smartest move they've done. I, I actually, honestly, I'm 100% sure it wasn't the smartest thing they could have done. But it's a way they're going to get money from fighting fans. I know I'm already going to buy them. As much as I hate to say it, I'm going to buy them just because I want the characters. But uh, those people that don't want to pay for it and they they know that it's there, they're just going to get more mad at this game or frustrated. And, you know, they might not even buy it because of it. It is a turnoff. I can yeah. say that I just, already. I just don't understand what people are so big on fighting games for. You uh, fight, uh, and that's it. That's it, you're done. It's just that tactic you have to use. I mean, it's not Call of Duty where you can run around with a noob tube and kill everyone (laughs) and and consider yourself good for it. Think of it like like chess. There you go. It's just a different form of chess. You're just you against one other individual, and you're both battling and trying to – it's – you know, just trying to see which one is going to better be better than the other. Yeah. It's that feeling from the arcade. It's that feeling from the arcade. You want to put your quarter up there and just be like, I'm next. I'm yeah. going to tell you right you know, I'm, Jamie, I'm going to tell you right now. Uh, when Nick was at the arcade, he went straight for the, the mechanical pony. <laughs> the 60-second the ride on the pony. <laughs> there you go. And then went right to the carriage right after that. <laughs> and then try to find the nearest... Uh, candy machine and get a lollipop or something from there. I mean, that was those were Nick's ideas. He didn't see the Mortal Kombat and Tekken and all the good games right next to it. So, so Nick, you... Oh, you didn't like fighting. Well, hold on. You didn't like fighting games. Is that right? I am not a particular fan of fighting games only because I am not good at them. Okay. Well, then that's that's something that anyone can get over. I was never a fan until the summer of 2010. And during the summer, my friend made me buy uh, Street Fighter. Should we have music? Yes, <laughs> we should. He made me buy Street Fighter 4. And I was so, so addicted to this game for so long. And then I went back and I played all my old Tekken games that I never was good at. And then I got good at those. Then I just continued on, got Marvel vs. Capcom, got Super Street Fighter 4, uh, then Arcade, now this. And once you play one fighting game and you can get the hang of it, actually do this. Play Street Fighter, Street Fighter 4. And if you can play that and do, and you can beat the people on extremely easy, you'll do okay against any other game. Because every mechanic is based off of Street Fighter. I kind of agree with you, Nick. We should have had, like, a Rocky-themed background while he was, you know, flood through a flashback. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, we should have. So, in my flashback, I also want to announce that that this game itself, I figured that something like this would happen because I've always been a Tekken fan, and... Well, way back on PS1 and PS2. And then uh, when Street Fighter came out and I was good in that, I figured, why not have a game where they face each other? So this kind of game is actually what I thought about years and years ago, but never really actually thought it would happen. Uh, The game itself, I'm going to give an 8.9. 
I know it's weird, unorthodox, that I gave it a odd number in, in decimals, but I don't want to give it an exact nine only because of the fact that the characters uh, are on there and you cannot touch them. So everything else, though, is just so perfect for a fighting game. And if you're a fighting fan, this is definitely a must-buy, uh, or at least a must-try. I'm not going to force you to buy a game, but try it. And if you don't like it, then... I don't know, but you might just not be a, a big a fighting fan as, as you really think you are. So, yep. anybody now, else have anything to add on that? If anyone else has played it, I mean... I have. Like I said, that's why I gave it 8.5. So I thought it was, it's actually the core game itself is outstanding, and I enjoyed it thoroughly. You're right, it's going to, you know, because Capcom made it instead of Sega... Obviously, it's going to uh, veer towards a uh, slight preference towards the Street Fighter um, yeah. as far as... But that's, you know, like I said, if Sega was making it, it would be the exact opposite. So. Well, you mean Namco. Namco, excuse me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but uh, from, I mean, the rumors that I've heard, I know there's supposed to be a Tekken Cross Street Fighter. I don't know if this is a true thing or... Uh, I've heard that. I've heard that as well. But uh, I, I don't know if they're going to follow through, only because of the fact that a, a 3D Street Fighter uh, is never the right way to go. It, it's just like it's like trying to make Mortal Kombat 3D, and we all know how that ended. Get over here! <laughs> well, the Scorpion's uh, snake thing there is getting kind of close. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh-huh. All right, all right guys. So so next review. For... Due to time constraints, let's move on to the next one. There we go. I am alive, Gerald. You are. <laughs> At least the game, is. the game is bad. Do not <laughs> play it. Um, it's so disappointing, especially after that initial video. Like we we already said that on the last podcast, but once you actually play the game, once you spend twenty bucks on downloading this title, you realize this should have just never come out at all. Um, it's just, just so disappointing that they even made an attempt to do this, especially how the way it turned out. The mechanics are not very good. The graphics are, for such a $20, which is an extremely high-end digital, uh, digital download game, uh, are not quite what you, what you expect, especially after seeing that first initial video and the promise that it had. Um, it's, just, it's just not a good game. I, uh, I gave it a four, and uh, it's just something that could have... Uh, you know, they really could have done uh, very good on the project, and they just chose not to. They just chose to make it a downloadable title and not a very good one at that. You know, the mechanics, the, the platform mechanics are, are tedious and kind of boring, and then the fighting aspect of it, there's a lot of glitches that just make the game at sometimes just, just not really a pleasure to play. So um, it's just quite disappointing, and I'm very sad when I talk about it because – as you and I uh, and Chris talked about on the last podcast, you know, that, that first video was so promising. And you see something that has just such a world of, of uh, potential, and it's not lived up to it, and, and will never live up to it, and it's just very sad. Yeah, no, I have to agree. The, the first video looked like it really had some good potential to be a good title, but apparently it didn't end that way. So, um, Journey. Now, we, on another end of the spectrum as far as the downloadable title, this game is out for the PSN. Uh, I do recommend it heartily for people that are interested in downloadable titles. Um, it's just, just uh, visually, it's an experience. 
unlike any other that's out there. A uh, little tedious at times, but otherwise, like I said, it's an outstanding game. Gave that an 8.5. I do highly recommend it. I think people have have quite a bit of fun. Yes. If they're looking for something different. All right. Uh, MLB 2K12 versus MLB 12, the show. Which score better? It's going to be the show. Uh, the MLB 12, uh, made by Sony for the PS3. And also even the Vita version are substantial upgrades to MLB 2K12, which has to, you know, again, this year bribe people with a million-dollar contest in order to get people to play it. Um, it's just a shame because their NBA is, is just such a great game. Um, and unfortunately, they have not been able to transfer that over to the MLB experience. Um, the, the season mode is much better on MLB 12 the show, uh, the graphics, the look of the stadiums, uh, and just the overall play quality uh, is substantially better on the MLB 12. Um, I gave MLB 12 an 8.5. Um, I gave also as well for the Vita 8.0, and then uh, I gave 2K12 um, a 7. All right. Anybody else want to throw anything on that before we go to break? You know what? I'd rather win a I'd rather win a million dollars than play a good uh baseball You have game. to you have to be the first to pitch a perfect game. Yes, starting in April. And they're giving you a month to do it and they'll probably have it within the first two hours of someone trying. Of course. Yeah. It should just be the first day. Like on this day whoever throws the first uh thing. Cause, I mean if you remember last year it was a I think it was a middle school teacher who won yep. just yep. because he uh, he just studied on the characters, played like three games, and on the third game he won. So, and then he retired from being a teacher. Well, I don't know if he really did, but I would for a million dollars. Would you buy a Concord? Uh, no. I don't think you buy probably, a Concord for a million bucks. Maybe no, used. Probably not. <laughs> Nice going to like an airfield. So, uh, you know, I, I'm a millionaire, and you guys have any used Concords? <laughs> uh, we have some new ones. I'm only a millionaire, not millionaires. I don't have millions. I've only got a million. And then you so, go, uh, and then you go, hmm, does it come with one of those cool little air fresheners? <laughs> yeah. Yes, sir, uh, it throw, does. Throw in, throw in that, and my first tank of gas for free. Hey, you got to think about it, man. Tank, tanks of gas for that thing. Whew. These gas prices. I think jet fuel costs a little bit more than a like three eighty a gallon. Air Force One. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, we are gonna head to break. When we come back, guys, we are gonna do the round table of doom. So we'll be back with you. The round. Table of Doom. All right, folks. Welcome to Chris. The Round Table of Doom. <laughs> Man, he, he does it good every time. <laughs> All right. As you know, in the Round Table of Doom, we square Ooh. off. <laughs> we square off on. Uh, Basically, the biggest topic, probably. Well, I don't want to say the biggest topic, but one of the one of the hottest topics um, in gaming industry news. And of course, that for this podcast in particular, 
the Wii U versus PS4 versus Xbox 720, if it'll even be called that by this time. Um, what are your guys' thoughts on each of these systems? You know, benefits, the potential you know pitfalls they may run into, and basically what we've seen to be rumored. Um, obviously, one of the one of the most significant impacts to the entire uh, industry would, <coughs> sorry, possibly be the elimination of um, being able to play used games on the new systems. Do you think that will come to light? Do you not think it may come to light? And like, you know, what system, what's approximate system cost should be, and you know, what, you know, what will the price actually be? And uh, you know, what do you think with these with these new systems kind of coming out? Who's going to be on top? Cheryl, do you want to start us off? Well, first off, um, if you do make a system that does not have a, a a disk drive to you know for CDs or anything that you have tangible, you're cutting off a uh, a great part of your you know install basis that doesn't have access to the internet. So you're talking about 30 to 40 percent of your current install base uh, not being able to buy your item because they don't they don't either they either can't or don't want to put the uh, unit on the internet and then B um, any retailer that does uh, base uh, any or all of its inventory uh, off of used games or any or or most of its inventory and sales off of used games. Uh, let's say like Amazon or, or GameStop could easily just say, you know what, we're not going to carry it. So I don't think that's the wisest move on that end. But uh, um, Microsoft did confirm that they are not going to be showing a prototype of the new Xbox at, at this year's E3. So I don't see them or PS4 coming out uh, until next holiday at the earliest. Um, I, I think we're going to have to wait and see on both those units on, on exactly what comes actually to fruition um, because there's just any number of things that are just going to come out of uh, those units and the specs I'm sure they haven't even finalized. Um, as far as Wii U, um, I just think the unit has to be, uh, you know, because of the fact it's just, it's, it's at a, um, a comparative rate to as far as power and capability to the 360 and the PS3, I just think it has to come out at a, com uh, a comparable price. If it comes out at anything over 200, um, it's going to struggle in sales and struggle mildly. Yeah, I, I I have to agree. I mean, what do you think? You know, the other systems. What do you think will? Are we are we going to see outrageous prices like they did with the initial launch of the PS3? Nope. Nope, nope, because Blu-ray is a lot cheaper now, and Blu-ray players are a lot cheaper now. And they're going to make the unit not as big, not as bulky. Um, technology has gone so, so much further in, in such a short period of time. Um, I think you're going to see a smaller, sleeker Blu-ray player on it, and I just think you're going to see it probably come out at maybe a two ninety-nine price point or more thereabouts. No more than that. What do you think? Same for the 360 around 299. Yeah. You can, you can't do it for any higher and expect to get a lot of sales unless it has something in there that people really are clamoring for. And right now, I mean, if you've got a big screen television, you can't get any better than 1080. I mean, really. Now, uh, 
Now, do you think they're going to stick with the high-end unit, low-end unit, or do you think they're going to eliminate the different models and just come out with one unit? No, they're going to they'll probably still have an entry level and a higher level. It's worked for them. Um, it, it, that system's worked for them as far as having a high level. And, and really, it's just the, the hard drive space we're talking about. So. Oh, you know, if, if it does go to a cloud-based system for the units, then that it, all bets are off there. Yeah, I mean, I and again, I I think you're certainly right on on the right track there. Anything over two ninety nine is 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 going to be competitive. I I really I don't know if it'll it'll fare well, especially with as cheap as the units have gotten now. I say cheap. I mean, a hundred bucks, a couple hundred dollars is still you know expensive, but. Obviously, they've considerably, considerably dropped in price from in the past, and um, it seems as if, you know, they incentivize a lot more now. You know, they'll bundle up, they'll offer, you know, incentives if you get the unit at, you know, particular retailers. I, I mean, you know, they've come a long, a long way from what they used to, you know, used to be. So, I, I, I definitely have to agree with you. I, I think if they go anything over that, they're they're going to struggle. Jamie, what what are your thoughts? I was falling right around there, but I do think, and this is my opinion, I do think Xbox and PS4 are going to be a little bit higher than what you said. I'm thinking maybe $100 higher initially, only because of when the PS3 came out and that was higher, although that was due to Blu-ray. I think they're going to go for a higher price point initially, and then we're going to see a drop. Chris? Did you die on us, Chris? Are you eating the pizza? I die on you. Oh, no, I'm done with the pizza, actually. But, he played um, I Am Alive. <laughs> I was shocked by it. No, he's and playing Weed Cheer. <laughs> that, too. I can play Weed Cheer and everything else at the same time. That's a very active game. But the... Uh, I'm kind of lost now because of Weed Cheer. Whoa. Oh, with the Xbox, I think that if if anything can even be made, I highly doubt that they're going to do anything with it. But um, uh, with the Xbox 720, 362, whatever, uh, I think that they will keep it at a higher price and just have, like, the big fans that they know are going to buy it. Buy it for 50, 50 bucks more than, than what uh, you would expect. I would spend $350 on a brand new Microsoft product. I don't care what it would be called, as long as it had the right features. Uh, then if they dropped it down six months, a year later, I wouldn't be pissed. I'd just be like, oh, well, I got it when it first came out. Ha ha. So, what about the Xbox Dorito? Xbox Dorito? <laughs> like it, it would be a giant Dorito chip. Well, then that's going to cost us more because then we're paying Microsoft and we're paying Frito-Lay. <laughs> I think ta- I think Taco Bell took the Dorito thing already, so okay. yeah, we're safe on that one. But they have not taken the Ruffles idea. A giant Ruffles, Xbox Ruffles, and Xbox <laughs> with ridges. There you go. <laughs> Xbox with ridges. Yeah, there, there we go. Mm-hmm. Can Can you imagine like where Where do you think the disc drive would be? <laughs> Would it be in, like, one of the ridges? Oh, maybe. Or if it's all going to be digital, then not none. Uh, think about that. 
Uh-huh. Uh-huh. No, I didn't. <laughs> All right, well. Look who's locking now. Popping and locking. <laughs> and then we drop it. <laughs> Uh-oh. And boom goes the dynamite. <laughs> I, think, I think Gerald's having some technical difficulties on his end. And I'm pretty sure he is. So let's continue. The crowd goes silent. So, um, well, while Gerald hopefully gets back in the air, air here in the next couple seconds. Um, so do you guys think, um, obviously our anticipated release date for these systems with them not being previewed, unfortunately, this year's E3, probably next year's E3, we probably expect these to be released fourth quarter of next year, of course, during the holiday. Um, I don't. I think that they won't come out until, like, maybe 2014. That's my earliest guess. Because, okay, if, if I go off on a rant right here, don't argue with me until I'm done, please. The Xbox has nothing left to give. They have Connect. They have uh, all their games. They have their online service. They have everything they need. All they need to do is update it. They don't need to remake their console. If they're going to remake it, then they should do what they did with the Sling. Just update it a little bit, make it, make it a better motherboard, better fan system, whatever it may be. But keep an Xbox 360. Keep the games. Keep the online. Keep it all the same. And PS3, there's nothing they can add either. They have Blu-ray. They have uh, free internet. They have all those games, movies, music that you can download on there. If they were to change anything, the only thing they can change is making their internet better, which is only done by updates as well. They have no reason right now to change their console. Change of their console would do nothing except change the controllers, change the games, and piss people off. So, in my opinion, I think that right now Microsoft and Sony would do extremely bad at changing anything. We, I can understand, because motion sensing stuff has kind of come to a stop, um, thanks to PlayStation moving Xbox's Connect. But... I just do not see anything benefiting them for making another $300 console for consumer consumers. Uh, most of them that are just getting Connect or just getting a PlayStation right now for the Blu-ray, now that they're at the lowest prices, they don't want to go uh, turn around a year from now and say, oh, look, the new big thing just came out, and I just picked up Connect. Now Connect is obsolete, or there's a better Connect out there, or I just got the biggest Blu-ray player for 250 and now there's something else. This doesn't help out any companies. It, it's if they're not going to lay off of it. That's just what I'm saying. So now you can continue your talk. I love you, Microsoft and Sony. <laughs> just want to get that out there. Doing it for your safety. All right. Sorry. Gerald has uh, unfortunately died off the call, so he will be closing us out this evening. Um all right, well, I guess on that note, does anybody have <laughs> anybody have anything else they'd like to add on that topic? Well, I I kind of lost on my uh <laughs> on my voice right there. So, that's just my my thing with it. Uh I think we're all good. Well, you know what, Jamie? What I don't think you talked much about it. I mean, what anything else you want to add in? I I do agree with you. I don't think it's going to be the end of next year. I do think it's going to be later out than that cuz right now this just not the time for them to do anything. I, I totally agree on that. It's not. 
I think they have a good chemistry right now, and with all the enhancements with the PlayStation Move, with the integration of the PlayStation Vita, with the PlayStation 3, there's just a lot of very significant components that they've integrated with their system, and I just don't know at this juncture if it would be a profitable move to release another system. You've already, you know, I mean, you know what I'm saying, you've already released a lot of extra content for the co- for the consoles as of right now, and I don't know if it would really benefit them too much to uh, to release another system. So, you know, you have people going, seriously, I just bought this, like, two years ago, and now you guys got a brand new system out? You know, Exactly. You know, and, I mean, like, even people like me, I've played my Xbox for six years. I would hate to have a new Xbox come out, and I'm like, damn, that, that was all, that all went to waste. Now I've got something, now I've got to go get something new. It, right. Exactly. Um, and then one thing that actually has just popped in my mind, Microsoft should start with, is handheld consoles. I don't know if that would be a profitable thing for them, man. I don't. Well, I don't think that would. I don't think that that would fare well. I I think if they did it right, instead of just making a random console like a DS or or a PSP or Vita, mm-hmm. make it your Xbox on the go, like a piece of your Xbox. Like I don't know, make the Make an Xbox controller. Like it detaches? Yeah. Like, well, just make an Xbox 360 controller, but make it $200, have a screen on it, and then if you're playing your game, you can pause it off of your Xbox, walk away, go to school, go to work, and you have it right there on your controller. Something weird like that. But, of course, it doesn't have to be that crazy with the controller, but if they could get that and somehow perfect it, where you don't have cross-platforming with two games right now with the Vita, uh, and yet you could still play Call of Duty, you could play Gears of War, you could play Halo, you could play Forza, everything like that. I, I mean, Microsoft has the technology. If they can make a Kinect sensor to read you perfectly, then I'm 90% sure they can make a uh, a decent handheld system. Well, I guess that's something we should pitch to their marketing department. And, of yeah. course, get money and, for it. And you know what? They don't, they haven't ruined one yet. I mean, the Wii has the 3DS, which was an upset. The PS or PlayStation had the PSP Go, which was an upset. Xbox hasn't upset anybody yet. They haven't made anything. So they have a chance to build off of what they've made wrong and make it right. Which I'm surprised they haven't done anything like that yet, only because I know in the past they have done something to that extent where they could go into gaming with it, but haven't. Yeah. Because I know on planes they had the portable units you could watch movies on that were Microsoft's. Why they never went the extra step and said, okay, look, we did it here, why can't we do it for gaming, is beyond me. Well, you know, it may be an avenue that they should, you know, possibly maybe at some point explore, but only time will tell, right? Exactly. But, um, we actually have some things up for tonight. Yeah, cutting it close on time, so. Yes, we are, so. We don't want to keep you here until next, uh, until our next podcast. (laughs) Um, as always, guys, thanks for, uh, joining us, and, uh, you know, we, we, again, we welcome Jamie to the crew, and, uh, you know, just remember to check us out at uh, www.yourgamesource.com and uh, make sure to check our channel out on YouTube and uh, check us out on iTunes, Twitter, and Facebook uh, for the latest and greatest updates and industry-affiliated news. And uh, I guess until our next podcast next week, 
We bid you a farewell. We bid you farewell. Jamie, thank you for joining us tonight, my man. Thank you for having me. Chris, my good man, I will... Uh, huh? I guess you, we'll talk. You, exactly. We will talk again. <laughs> and then... Uh, yeah. Sure. Until until then, yeah, we'll we'll say goodbye for Gerald right now. It was a very beautiful day in paradise until he left. So, <laughs> Another day in paradise. Dark <laughs> cloud rolled in on paradise. Yeah. And and, or, and right as we close, Gerald pops in. <laughs> hey, what's Maybe up, guys? He just had to run out and pre-order Star Wars for Connect, so you know. <laughs> He's getting it for for Nick now. Right. Multiple copies too. Yep. He was looking for the one store that had at least ten more available. Yeah, Gerald, make sure you pre-order collector's edition. Yep. All for him. And then download him to his uh his Xbox since you have it. Oh man. I better I better not have that on there once I Xbox <laughs> back. I'm gonna be very unhappy. Uh then it's unhappy angry Nick. <sighs> Unleashed leashed. <laughs> Alright, got loose the Nick. <laughs> Well, everybody have a good night. Until next week. All right. Take it easy. All right. Later. See ya.